0: Hey there, welcome, and thanks for joining. I'm excited to have you here today to answer the question, should I make my kids eat things they don't like? I'm going to cover a few different things in this episode, including um, two common techniques that parents are using, either unknowingly or knowingly, to pressure their kids into eating things they don't like, and then talk a little bit about the switches we've made at home and the results that we have seen from making those changes. Let's dive in. Hi there, I'm Amy. I'm a mom, a natural food chef, and the host of the Feel Good Family Food podcast. Just like you, I have more to do in a day than could possibly get done. And kids who say their favorite foods are things like gummy butter, pretzels, of course, My and ice cream, yummy. On this podcast, I'm using my 10 years of professional food experience plus real world nutrition to help real parents more easily feed their families healthy food more often. Stick with me for tips, tricks, and actionable steps to start feeling good about feeding your family. All right, before we dive into today's episode around should I make my kids eat things that they don't like, I want to give you a caveat, which is that you know your children best and you know your family best and you know what works for you probably. So what I'm offering here today may be a little bit different from what you're doing at home currently. That does not mean that what you're doing is wrong, but I do want to offer some food for thought, maybe a little bit of a different perspective than I know I had in the past around what it looks like to encourage food acceptance in kids and how Pressuring them to eat things they don't like might not actually be in service of that goal of creating the most food acceptance possible. I have kids who have not been particularly nervous around food. They're picky. There are things they like and things they don't like, just like the rest of us humans, right? Um, So they certainly have pickiness, but they are not like nervous around food. So I never felt like pressuring them, making them eat something created anxiety around food for them and yet i'm going to share some things today that have changed my thinking a little bit and changed my approach and might help you in your thinking and your approach around getting your kids to eat things that they don't like so what does pressure around food look like and how are we most commonly trying to get our kids to eat things that they don't like i have two common techniques that i hear parents talk about and that frankly one of them i have used in the past so the two common ne- techniques i hear and this might resonate with you this might be something that you're doing or that you thought of doing or that you have done in the past then maybe you want to think of a different way so those techniques are uh, a no thank you or try it bite like try this and see if you like it that's a no thank you bite in a lot of households or there's parents who are like you can't have any more of this or you can't eat this until you've eaten that and it's usually the thing they don't like that's the that Or one thing I would usually do is like, you don't have to like it, but you have to try it. It's something I used to say to my son. It's a phrase he still has embedded in his brain. So I have done this too. And I would ask him to try a taste of everything. The second way that this shows up, and I've heard this from a few parents lately, this is something I have not done, but maybe my kids are just not as resistant as some, is um, to tell their kids they have to eat something. And if they don't like it, they can plug their nose and eat it. Uh, I didn't realize this was so common, but it's come up a couple times lately. So maybe this is something that happened to you or is happening in your household. And like I said, I want to offer just a different perspective around how we might be affecting food acceptance by putting these pressures on. Obviously, those are a couple of different types of pressures. Some might not even feel like pressure, but it is the management of the food that the kids are eating by the parents. If you've been listening for a while, you're probably tired of hearing me tell you that I'm obsessed with the division of responsibility and feeding, which was created by Ellen Satter. In it, it says that the parents are responsible for the what and the when and the where of the food and the kids are in charge of the weather and the how much. And I'm recapping that because it's going to be really important as I talk about our approach to getting our kids to eat new foods to understand why this division happens and why I don't really talk to my kids about eating anything. That doesn't mean I'm not in charge of what they eat. In fact, it means the opposite. I'm in charge of what they're offered. I'm in charge of everything that goes on their plate, but they decide whether and how much to eat it. If you're hearing beeping in the background, that's my Instant Pot because real life cooking is happening in the background here. I'm making a brisket in the Instant Pot and I'll let you know how it turns out. Back to the show. So what do we do in our house and why have we made this switch away from pressuring our kids to eat things that they don't like? I am going to read you a little bit. Again, our friend Ellen Satter, I've been reading this book, Secrets of Feeding a Healthy Family. And this stood out to me, and she says it better than I can. So I'm going to just read this to you. And if you want a link to this book, you can find it at the show notes at um, cookingwithafullplate.com slash make my kids eat. Make my dash my dash. Eat live, And you can find that link to the book. So she says, a no thank you bite is when you insist that your child tastes everything that is on the table. I don't allow no thank you bites at my table because children who are forced to taste can't help saying yuck and rejecting whatever it is, and I can't help glaring at their parents. Trying to hurry up food acceptance slows it down. Children who are rushed and pressured are less likely to learn to like new food, not more. Pressured children are also likely to lose their food acceptance skills. As I've said before, your child's food acceptance skills are more important than his eating any particular food on any particular day. Those skills include being comfortable around unfamiliar food, being matter of fact and polite about picking and choosing from available foods, being curious about novel food, and being inclined to experiment with it by looking at it, watching others eat it, and tasting it. Your child will develop good food acceptance skills if you do have meals and you don't get pushy. And I just want to read that last part again. Your child will develop good food acceptance skills if you do have meals and you don't get pushy. What I took away from this passage is that patience is key and also modeling is key. So here is what we have done in our house that's a little bit different from that no thank you bye, or you have to eat everything on your plate, even if it means you have to plug your nose to eat it. Our meals are served family style. You can always see them on my Instagram account, Cooking with Full Plate. I try to share them as often as possible in my stories. They're served family style. And when I build a meal, I make sure there's something I love. I make sure there's something my husband will love. And I make sure there's something that I know my kids will eat. That does not mean that they're going to eat it that night. That means that it is a food they will eat. Bread, rice, avocado, cucumbers, bell peppers, apples, berries. You know, the list is actually quite long and i encourage you if you haven't yet to make a list of the foods that your kids will eat because then you can always layer in one of those things at a meal what this has done for us is mean that i can serve things that push the limit a little bit further without creating a whole separate meal for my kids and the beauty of this is that then i get to trust that my kids have something that they will eat even if they don't choose to eat it that night that's not up to me and that happens, right? Sometimes there's blueberries and they don't even eat those. So I trust that I've given them an option. But the mind-boggling thing is that on a fairly regular basis, my kids will try the thing that was the thing in my head that I was like, wow, this is really pushing it. This is a mixed food, or um, you know, contain something they don't like, or it might be a little bit spicy or more flavorful than something they're usually drawn to. And the things I can pinpoint, the reasons I can pinpoint for why this low pressure exposure to food has helped is a fewfold. The first is that my kids see my husband and I eating it and they want to be like us. And so they are naturally curious about the foods that we're having. How this shows up is that often my two-year-old will see us eating a salad and I will in my head be like, oh yeah, maybe he'll pick this cherry tomato out of the salad. And he ends up taking these huge bites of cabbage because that's what he sees the adults eating. And he wants to be like us. He sometimes likes it and he sometimes doesn't. But frankly, this has been an amazing way to get him exposure to foods that he otherwise would never eat off, say like a snack plate when he's eating solo. He would not pick up cabbage and eat it. So this is how I know the power of exposure by watching your parents do something. Another way that this low pressure exposure to food has moved my kids along the spectrum of actually accepting new foods is that I have seen them gradually expand their barriers for the types of things that they will eat. This means that my five-year-old, who doesn't really like his foods touching, suddenly has seen that everyone else is eating these delicious foods touching. Um, I'm trying to think of a good example. You know, something even as simple as like putting a sauce on top of his rice and chicken, putting a sauce on top of his stir fry. He has started doing that because similarly, he's seen that we've been doing it and now he's gotten curious about it, right? And it's not new to him anymore. He sees it over and over and over again. And he maybe didn't try it the first 10 times. He might've had a bite of chicken and a bite of broccoli and, you know, all the rice, But over time, this has become less of a novel thing. It feels more normal to him. And so it feels a little bit less scary. Similarly, I think finding ways to move your kids along the spectrum of accepting things with things they already like goes a really long way. So my son loves sushi. And now he loves seaweed because seaweed is part of sushi. And so he'll eat seaweed as a snack on its own, which is something that he might not have necessarily done before. And so you can start to kind of layer things where it's like, okay, um, my kid loves ranch dressing, but they might not like celery yet. Or they might not like raw broccoli yet is maybe a better example. (laughs) My kids love raw broccoli. But I think part of that is because they love ranch dressing. And so when I served raw broccoli, I served it with ranch dressing and they got to enjoy that. Likewise, they love baby carrots. So I don't need to serve ranch dressing with it. Instead, I put some hummus out and that has increased their acceptance of hummus. Remember that all of this is happening without me in the background asking them to try different things. That's not to say I'm perfect. I definitely ask them sometimes, but this is all without using a no thank you bite having them try it, but they don't have to like it or having them eat something they don't like just because I have told them that they need to eat it. This practice is not always easy and it's not always comfortable. And sometimes as a parent, it can be super tempting to be just negotiating and trying to get them to eat something because you are so worried about their growth. I know that it comes from a good place because I've been there too, but I want to encourage you to just take a meal this week and see if you can apply some of these principles. If you can Start developing some of that trust in your children. If you can offer at least one thing you know that they'll like, and then if you can sit at the table and try really hard not to have a conversation about the food in front of them, try to, you know, ratchet down the pressure, really stop yourself from getting into that negotiation mode where you're asking them to, oh, just try it, or you need to eat this all before you eat, all that, all that. Give it a shot. And let me know how that feels. Hop on over to cooking with full plate on Instagram and let me know how that's gone for you. If you tag me in your story, I will share it out to other folks so they know that this isn't just working for me. I so appreciate your input. And as one final thing for this episode today, I wanna let you know that I just opened up a new Facebook group that I'm really excited about. The thing I hear from you most is that you are tired of trying to figure out what to make for dinner every week. And your family has this annoying habit of always needing to eat. And somehow you become unwillingly in charge of the process of feeding your family. I know that feeling because I'm there all the time. Um, And this is my job, right? So if I feel that, I know you feel it probably tenfold. That said, this Facebook group is called What's for Dinner Mom. If you want an invite to it, you can DM me on Instagram. Some folks said they were having trouble finding it, but it's What's for Dinner Dinner Mom on Facebook. If you just request, I will add you in there. My goal is to create a space where many of us can share what we're making for dinner so that you can get some inspiration on different ways to serve things, different recipes that are working for other families. And just like that ongoing inspiration of like-minded parents who are feeding their family healthy food, but also living in the real world. Pop on over to Facebook, join that group. I look forward to seeing you there and I will talk to you next Tuesday.